Before I tell you what she told me about the man, let's talk about that boy again. Before he ended up on the beach, he fell asleep on a bus. He hadn't meant to, and he was uncomfortable in his sleep. His shoulders jerked and his fingers twitched. There was a knife hidden in his hand. He gritted his teeth and his eyelids closed tighter. He was fighting with someone in his dreams. His clothes were old. Old gray sweatshirt. Black knitted cap. Sneakers with no socks. There was a bright red welt under his right eye. Here's something surprising though. He wasn't alone. Next to him there was a girl a few years older. Her clothes were cleaner. She wore a dark blue t-shirt over a long sleeve white shirt and blue jeans. She was in the window seat, looking out the window. She didn't seem to be paying attention to the boy, but his head was resting on her shoulder. And in the seat across from them, there was another boy. Dark brown curls framing his face, and he was wearing a school uniform. They were old and tattered. No, not tattered. Just if you looked close enough, you could tell they were old and useless. These three children were the only passengers on the bus. But someone had to speak eventually, and they'd been silent for so long. And eventually, the boy said, the boy who was awake said, Chloe. She ignored him. Chloe. What? How far? She didn't answer right away. She seemed to ignore the question. So he started asking again, How far? I don't know. Her voice was angry, sharp. The boy grew quiet and he stared down at his lap and then he spoke again. I'm hungry, he said. And then the girl looked at him and her expression grew softer. I know you are. How long has it been? He asked. 
12 days, she said. He gripped his stomach, but he didn't say anything. He looked at the boy and he said, is he going to sleep the whole way there? I don't know, she said, looking from the starving child to the sleeping child. Probably, she said. The boy's stomach groaned, and the sound was too loud. Not the kind of noise to come from a young man. Not the kind of noise to come from anyone. It hurt to hear it. No fear, he spit out. The girl's voice was sympathetic, but curious. Really? She asked. He's done the most out of all of us. No fair, the boy said louder, and his, it was louder than it should have been. Too loud for a young man, too loud for anyone. The sleeping boy continued to grit his teeth, and his hands continued to twitch, but his eyes did not open, and he did not wake. The girl seemed tired. But she spoke again, and her voice was serene. It was calming. Stop it, she said. Stop it now. No fear, no fear, no fear. He moaned into his seat. He gnashed his teeth. We don't have time for this. But I'm hungry, he yelled. I know you are. But you have to stop this now, or I'll have to stop you. You'll wake him up. You know I can't let that happen. He gets to sleep. We don't. That's just how it is. He'd been crying. Neither had noticed. He looked at her, still clutching his stomach, but he no longer screamed. And when he spoke, his voice was a child's. How far? he asked. I don't know, she said. I just need something, he said. Anything. Please, I won't wake him up. You won't. She tilted her head and raised an eyebrow, and there was something lurking in her eyes and voice. Won't. Fine. She gave in. Fine. Okay. Just give me a second. Next to her, in her seat, there was a medium-sized pink and purple bull backpack. She unzipped it. She pulled out a spoon, a lighter, a syringe, a tiny packet of white powder. Then she stepped over the sleeping child and walked across the. She cooked the drugs slowly, carefully, professionally, 
and when it was time he rolled up his long white sleeve and there were many track marks in the very thin arm but he still found a vein successfully and she stuck him with the needle thank you he said they both watched the syringe fill with blood I don't want to have to kill you she said open his closet door. He opened his closet and he let them out. So that was his first mistake. They had small beady eyes that glowed dark red. They had black feathers that covered their heads and faces. They had sharp pointy black beaks. Beaks? Beaks? Yes, that's what they're called. Beaks that poked and stabbed his arms and his feet. They had people legs and people arms and people hands that grabbed him he opened his mouth and he called out for his mother she didn't come and they laughed at him he opened his mouth and he called out again for his mother and they could hardly contain their glee when they said we've wanted a little boy a little boy like you for so very long there was something damp and oily and vile about their voices their hot breath lingered in his ear we're going to take off your clothes and then we're gonna cut you open. No, he moaned. Go away, go away, leave me alone, please. Scrambling away from them, he found his bed and he climbed into it, desperate to get under the blanket and to safety. He hid, but their voices followed. We're going to cut out your tongue so you can't yell anymore. Then your eyelids so you can't blink. Then your fingernails so you can't scratch. No, no, no. He moaned to his pillow. We're gonna cut off all your skin so that you're nothing but meat, warm wet meat, no pesky hair, cotton our teeth, then we're going to shove you in a pot and put you on the stove and turn the fire up as high as it'll go. He bit his bottle of hard tears fell down his cheeks and he whispered, No. Then we'll eat you, they said. We'll eat you, they said again. We'll eat you, 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 we'll eat you. And every time they said it, they were angrier and hungrier and more eager, and they clawed at his blanket and his bedsheets and they ripped them to shreds. Go away. Please, please just go away. Leave me alone. We'll eat you, they said. We'll eat you, they said again. They were starving. And they'd been starving for thousands of years until then, until him. And they told him all of this as they continued to scratch and rip and they grew closer to him. Please. He was crying. Please, no. They said, no. The blanket was gone. The sheets were gone. The protection was gone. They clawed the skin off his legs. And he yelled, but it was too late. They were hands covering his mouth. And he was being picked clean. We couldn't stop this, they said, even if we wanted to. 
understand, kid. It's been too long. There was no skin left anymore on his legs. There was nothing there but bone, and their hands still covering his mouth. He wept. I'll take care of that. I licked his cheeks. I licked his tears. We were starving, they said, as the meat was gone from his hands, his arms, his neck, his chest, for so long, until you, thank you, they whispered, and they were sleepy, and they were satisfied, thank you, 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 they kissed the bones where his skin had been, they kissed his bones all over, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. He opened his eyes, and the most amazing thing happened. They all went away. He disappeared, just like that, and he could breathe in and out, and the breath didn't hurt, and they wouldn't be all sticky and gross and hurt like they did. He, he smelled it before he felt it. A familiar smell, all gross. And he felt it cold. It was a big, cold, wet spot in his big, warm bed, and then he felt so little. All around the mulberry bush, the monkey chased the weasel. The boy stirred slightly on the hotel bed, but he didn't wake up. The cold spot was a dream or a memory. I'm not sure yet. And where he actually was, was in a hotel room, asleep on a bed, and the girl watched him sleep, and she stopped her singing. After a few minutes passed and his eyes did not open and there was no movement aside from the constant twitches and spasms she gave up on waiting and continued her song, the monkey thought it was all in fun. She waited. Nothing happened. Pop goes the weasel, she said. She didn't even like the song. She didn't know why she was singing it. The boy was naked. And he had a fever, and on the nightstand next to the motel bed, there was a large bowl filled to the brim with warm, soapy water. She washed him as gently and as thoroughly as she could, lifting one arm and then the other. She lifted his legs and began a new song. Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping, Brother John? Brother John? She did not know why she was singing. She did not like any of the songs she was singing. She didn't like her voice. But still, something to do. She finished his front side and turned him over. She did the washcloth into the bowl and lifting it heavy with water, she wrung it out. Morning bells are ringing, morning bells are ringing. She wasn't even singing at this point. She was just saying lyrics. And she noticed it then. The rash. Red. 
and it made sense. They had been traveling for days on the hot and sweaty bus, and they only had the clothes they were wearing. She tried to keep him comfortable and clean. She really had, but things happened. She sat down by his feet at the foot of the bed. She released a deep and heavy breath, and that's all she had meant it to be, but then the tears came falling fast. She remembered washing his ass at bus station restroom soap. She was drying him off with those brown paper towels. They had all been naked and shivering. And Rudy, the other boy, had washed their clothes in the sink. Damn it. Her shoulders shook as she buried her face in her hands. Her swear was barely heard at all, buried in her hands and muffled by her quiet, tired tears. There was no sound but the girl. No sound at all but her, and it took her longer than it should have to realize how wrong this was. The boy slept. That was all he did. That was all he could do. But in his sleep, he would always dream. That couldn't be helped. His dreams were vivid. They were constantly moving back and forth. They were hot and sticky with blood. They were loud and pain them to move and breathe. They tasted of old milk, lukewarm and sour. They were brittle and pieces fell off as they moved. He was still face down on the bed. His face was pressed into the pillow. She stopped her crying. And she saw how she had left him. She wiped her face and then she stood up and walked over the side of the bed with the bowl of water and she moved him over and she touched his chest and he was still breathing. She touched his forehead, she smoothed that hair out of his face, and then she laid her head down on his chest. It was thin and warm and damp from sweat, the water she used to bathe him, and she whispered to him, Wake up! Wake up! And he didn't. Because of course he didn't. It wasn't time yet. She lifted her head back up, and she smoothed away the hair that had matted the side of her face. Then she walked over to the bowl, but realizing the water was now cold, she took it to the bathroom and dumped it in the sink, and lying on the bed alone, the boy's right foot twitched. 